hope you're ready to hear from God tonight. I really hope you're ready to hear from God tonight because that, that is my prayer. Uh, I hope it's not just information that you receive tonight. I pray that it really is uh, revelation that you receive from God because information is just what you get from man, right? Well, revelation is what we get from God. Revelation is when God, God drops just a bomb or, or something inside our spirits that moves us and changes us. And don't get me wrong, I love information. I love learning. I think it's absolutely critical to our growth, but I want to hear from God. I don't come to church just to attain information. I come to be in the presence of God and hear from God Almighty. Hey, so I really pray that you catch something tonight. I pray that the Holy Spirit re- reveals Himself to you in a new way. And, uh, and that's actually really what I'm going to be talking about tonight. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And my title of my message is Father, Son, and Who? I've titled that because with water baptisms taking place tonight, I thought it was timely in this Elephants in the Room series to talk about what many people and what many theologians actually suggest is the left out member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're new in here tonight, the Trinity is a term that we use for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? And there's many, what I think you'll be shocked by is that there's actually many Christians, many churches, many people out there who do not believe and acknowledge the person, the power of the Holy Spirit at all, which is crazy to me because if we're reading the same Bible, Scripture's pretty clear that the Holy Spirit has been sent to us for a very specific and divine purpose and reason for us here on earth. And it's so beautiful, okay? So this is some of the things I'm gonna talk about tonight. Can I just say there's nothing better than feeling the breath and the wind of the Holy Spirit on your life. Nothing better. And if you're a Christian in here today and you believe that God has called you, that He's put something a little bit supernatural inside of you to make a difference here on earth, and you want to step into that, you wanna accomplish that, you gotta know something. You, You desperately need to be led by the Holy Spirit and you desperately need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. You gotta be Holy Spirit led and you gotta be Holy Spirit fed. And and so these are kind of the main two points that I'm really unpacked tonight. I'm gonna get into the meat of this in just a moment, but where I wanna start tonight with you all, I wanna open up the Bible and I wanna look at the origin of where we see the Holy Spirit first mentioned in Scripture to the point at which we see the, the, the Holy Spirit fall on believers for the very first time, okay? So what I want you to do, I want you to stay with me. I want you to come with me on this journey. We're gonna go through a couple of scriptures here, but we all love the Bible, right? Okay, so come with me, stay with me, and I'm gonna land the plane. We're gonna have a lot of fun here, okay? Okay, so we're gonna start in Genesis 1. So if you're gonna open up your Bible, your phone, start in Genesis 1 here. Do you guys love the, you guys love the Bible, right? Do you guys trust the Bible? I feel like that's, that's a real elephant in many rooms, I think. Do you really trust the Bible? You know, actually, if you're at our, um, our young adult night uh, about a month and a half ago, you would have heard Pastor Stacey Tarrant. She spoke a little bit about evidence of the faith, uh, evidence of the, faith, evidence of the Bible. And, uh, and she said a, a quote that really stood out to me. She said that there have been 25,000 archaeological digs that confirm the reliability of the Bible. 25,000. She then went on to say, like, do you know how many digs actually confirm or prove the opposite, that the Bible is false? Zero. Biblical credibility, come on, we love it. All right, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love this. The very first passage of the Bible mentions the Spirit of God here, okay? After this, through the Old Testament, we do see the Spirit is mentioned a fair bit through the prophets and kings and other things like that. But scholars actually all seem to agree that it seems a little bit vague here, the role of the Holy Spirit. It kind of feels like the Holy Spirit is a mysterious presence sent from God. Examples of this would be like where we see Joseph. He, he can understand, he can interpret dreams. 
Other examples of this would be where, where you go to the book of Gideon or, or Judges or Kings and you see that the Spirit suddenly falls on certain people, enabling them to carry out certain tasks for God. But one, one thing I want to turn to, I want to turn to the book of Joel. This is towards the end of the Old Testament here. And we see that Joel's a prophet. He's actually been given the name Prophet of Pentecost because what Joel did, he, he foresaw and he predicted and prophesied that there would come a day where the Spirit of God would pour out into humanity, the day which we know as, as the day of Pentecost, right? And so it says this in Joel 2, verse 28, be on the screens. And afterward, I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both, both men and women, I'll pour out my Spirit in those days. What's crazy about this is at this time, the Spirit of God only seemed, seemed available to an elect few, just to, to some of the prophets and the kings and the judges where Joel envisioned the day to come where the Spirit of God would be available for everybody and anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord. It's awesome. Okay, so, so come with me here. Centuries pass, all right? We go to the New Testament and we're introduced to Jesus. It's toward the end of Jesus' ministry. He's 33 years old and he says something huge in John 16. He says this. He says, but very truly I tell you, he's saying, guys, I mean this. It is for your good that I'm going away. If I don't go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. This is a loaded scripture, right? But Jesus tells us here, it's better that he goes so the Spirit can come. Now, if we, if we move on, we continue the story here. We go into the book of Acts. We see that Jesus dies, right? Okay, he rises again three days later and he goes and he visits the disciples. And they're all freaking out because their Messiah, has go, he's gone. And he says, hey guys, wait here. Wait here in Jerusalem. Don't scatter yet. Wait here in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Spirit. The one Joel prophesied, obviously, centuries ago. He then went on and he explained that they would be baptized by the Holy Spirit, that they would receive power to be Christ's witnesses all across the world. So then we see finally the day of Pentecost comes, right? It says it's 55 days after Jesus rose from the dead. The day of Pentecost comes, we see finally the arrival, the descension of the Holy Spirit coming on the believers, filling the disciples for the very first time. What I love about this is that we see that the Holy Spirit has been a powerful presence from the very beginning of time and throughout the history of Israel, onward to, to Jesus and His ministry, and then onward to the birth of the church and in its, and in its future today. It's awesome, right? It excites me. It excites me so much that we're a part of, of, of the Holy Spirit moving in the church today. And what I love about this passage here is um, if we go to the book of Acts, we see it talks a lot about how the early church began, how it started. It talks about Peter's missionary journey, Paul's missionary, missionary journeys. And it's, it's epic. When you read it, you kind of realize in the book of Acts, when you get to the end of it, that it finishes abruptly with no real firm conclusion of what is next for the early church. And you might be thinking, why is that? Because the history of the church, it's not yet written yet. We are a part of it. You and I are writing it. We are in it today and we are writing it. The Holy Spirit is just as active, just as powerful, moving in the early church, moving in the church today. That gets me excited. I don't know if that gets you excited. 
And so what I wanna ask some of you guys today is who's the Holy Spirit to you? Who do you say that He is? Because I, I would have many friends that would suggest that the Holy Spirit is just some crazy, wild, cosmic force not to tamper with, not to get too close to. And if I'm being honest with you, I, I was, that was probably me a long time ago. I didn't believe in, in the things of the Holy Spirit. I thought He was wild and crazy. I thought the Spirit only had kind of things to do with, with tongues and prophecy and, and when you lay your hands on people and they get thrown to the ground, all the wild and chaotic and crazy stuff, right? I was into what God did. I was into what Jesus did for me on the cross, saving me, setting me free. But Holy Spirit, not so much. And what I realized, what I learned was very quickly that by myself leaving the Holy Spirit out of the Godhead, out of the equation in my life, meant that I very much misunderstood the mission of God and His plan to use us to pull it off. I, I very much misunderstood it. See, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is a person. And He references, as, he references the Holy Spirit as a He, He being God, three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, don't get it wrong. The Holy Spirit, He's not a human being, okay, but He has a personality, and he's equal with the Father and the Son. See, when Jesus fulfilled his mission here on earth, he went up to be with the Father. Right? He went up and he, he sits by the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit was sent to us to dwell within us, to be our helper and our advocate. And so is, is the Holy Spirit hard to fathom sometimes? Like, like yeah, totally. Because we, we might not tangibly be able to see him. We might not tangibly be able to see him, but, but he, he, does some pretty, he does some pretty wild things, hey, and, he, and he gives us some pretty cool gifts. And what I want us to understand tonight is that once we do capture the role and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in you and me, and we understand how the three link together, how the Godhead link all together, the more I believe we'll have every weapon that we need to do what we are called to do. Does that make sense? So why is this important today? Because we need the Holy Spirit, guys. Like I said before, God has sent the Holy Spirit to be with you and I for a very divine purpose and reason. Yet what's crazy to me is that statistics shows us that there is a real cultural divide in Christianity today where there are some people who are pursuing the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit and others who are completely rejecting it. Which like I said before is crazy. If we, if we read that scripture again, Jesus is very clear that if He says that something greater is gonna come, that He needs to go, I want that something, right? If, if the healer, the one who, who raised the dead to life, the one who turned water into wine says it's better that he goes so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with us and give us power. I want that something. So why would we ever backseat the Holy Spirit? We should, we should believe in everything of the Spirit according to Scripture, of course, right? And here, guys, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We, we believe that we can lay our hands on the sick and see them healed. We believe that sons and daughters will and can prophesy. We believe that demons can be casted out of people. We believe that the Spirit can empower us to do greater things. But to do these, these greater things and to see the Holy Spirit use us, we need the Spirit. We need, we need to be led by the Spirit. And we really need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so these are, these are my two main points I wanna talk about tonight. Okay, oh, I'm gonna talk about being Spirit-led and Spirit-fed. Spirit-led, God, through the Spirit, leads us. He directs us, He guides us, He illuminates, and He speaks to us. We have direct access to hear from and to be led by heaven. Through the Spirit, guys, we have direct access to the Father and the Son. Who is grateful for that? Just that alone is wild, right? 
The Spirit loves nothing more than to direct our focus and our attention and our gaze to the beauty, the wonder, the awe, the power of the Father and the Son. I love when, uh, when Sean Bowles was with us last time. He said something that stood out to me. He said, the Holy Spirit is our biggest tool because He is the bridge between us and hearing from God. So how does the Spirit lead us? How do we hear from the Spirit? It's a great question. I'll tell you what the Spirit doesn't do. A lot of people think the Holy Spirit just leads us like we're just holding onto a rope and He just like takes us downstream. We've got to get to know the Holy Spirit. Hey, we've got to know His voice. We've got to know His leading. Jesus says in John 10, He says, the sheep know my voice and they follow me. I'm pretty sure that's John 10. I think I've got the scripture up here. Yeah, John 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my Father has given them to me and He's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch me, snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. See, there, there is a pruning and maturing that takes place in, in, in getting to know the leading of the Holy Spirit. And how does it start? It starts by me and you just calling upon his name, just speaking to him, just praying to him, by just meditating on the word, reading the word of God, getting alone with him, getting to know him more. So we get to know the Spirit's leading. John 14 says that the Spirit teaches us and he guides us into all things. The issue that I think some of us might face is that we want the Spirit to lead us, but I think we've already chosen the direction in which we want to go down. I think some of us ask God to lead us, but we've already decided the direction we want to go. Some of us don't even want the leading. We just want the blessing. Hey, you guys got to understand if you want the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into all things, the incredible plan and purpose that God has for your life, you got to be prepared to go down a direction that maybe you didn't originally plan to go down. Proverbs tells us the heart of man, what tries to plan his ways, but it's the Lord who establishes our steps. God does this. The Spirit leads us down, down crazy roads sometimes. He leads us into uncharted territory. And, and you know, we love to, to sing all the, the songs about trusting God. And we, you know, we love to sing like the oceans. Uh, Spirit, well, actually, oceans are pretty old now. Hey, we don't really sing that anymore. But what are the lyrics? Spirit, lead me. Uh, what is it? Spirit, lead me. With my, no, I can't remember what it is. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. I walk upon the waters. But, but do you really trust the Holy Spirit to lead you? Are you really prepared for God to reroute your plans? Are you, are you prepared for it because it's risky? takes faith. It's, uh, it's uncomfortable. But can I tell you guys, the more that you get to know the Holy Spirit's voice and His leading, the more confident you actually are to actually take that step off the ledge when you are taken or, or guided by the Holy Spirit to go down a different route, the more confidence you have. There's a, um, a quote that I love that I feel like a lot of you probably would have heard. I heard it when I was a young kid and put it down in my notes and I felt to share it tonight. It says this, it says, when you take a step off a cliff in faith, God will either give you wings to fly or it'll catch you as you fall. You know, I wanted, to, I wanted to just really pray that some of you guys just felt peace tonight around the Spirit's leading because I think some of us think that it's either God's way over here or, or it's the byway. And it's, it's just death. This decision is destruction and death and, and, and this is just wrong. But I, I want to encourage you tonight. If you're trying to make the right decision in here, like you can breathe. If you're a believer in here, you're stepping out in faith and maybe taking a risk, you can breathe in here tonight because you're in God's very loving and capable arms. And at the end of the day, God works all things for the good of those who love Him according to His purpose. Now, you don't have to follow the Spirit's leading. Some of you can walk away tonight and just go, oh, I don't want the Spirit's leading. But I wanna, I wanna speak to you here for a second, especially if you're a believer in here tonight. If you don't wanna be led by the Spirit, you gotta understand that 
you're choosing to live a very supernatural life and salvation with very fleshly human strength behind you. Let me say that again. If you're a believer in here and, and you want the Spirit to lead you and you wanna follow the, the plan of God on your life, but you're not willing for the Spirit to lead you, you're, gonna, you're trying to live a very supernatural life and salvation with very limited power and strength behind you. Okay? Now we need to be led, because we're gonna be led by the Spirit. And to be led by the Spirit, we have to be filled by the Spirit. That's my second point tonight, okay? We're gonna be Spirit-fed. Because the Spirit feeds us and He fills us. And I love this about the Holy Spirit because He continually does it as well. He continually fills us with the Spirit and He makes us more like Jesus. You know, there's a theological term that we like to use called, uh, called sanctification, which is the process of being made holy, being more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit does this, guys. He does this. He guides us and He, and he, and he leads us and He fills us. And just like those delicious KFC barbecue sliders, which I don't know if you guys have had them, but I've been filling up on them way too much recently. They're, they're delicious, hey. We've got to make space for the Holy Spirit to fill us. We've got to make space. And the best part of the Holy Spirit filling us is that there's no limit. More, there's always more of the Spirit and the presence of God that is available to you. Scripture encourages it too. Ephesians 5 tells us, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. See, many of us in here would have probably had times we felt weary or, or like we're lacking, uh, like in that zeal and that passion in our faith. We feel exhausted in our faith. Maybe some of us have spent time just going like, God, why are you so distant? We blame Him. I've, I've definitely done that before. I've blamed God before. And what I've recognized is you can either sit in that space, you can let it fester, you can let it stew in that space, or you can actually do something about it. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and refresh you. And I've got to tell you, every time that I've, 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 I've said, God, I need you to fill me afresh, He's met me exactly where I needed to be. And the Bible says that. The Bible says that the more we draw near to God, the more He draws near to us. So without being insensitive to some of us in here tonight, I want to ask you, if you're feeling weary, tired, lacking faith, lacking that zeal and passion that maybe you once had, are you making space for the Holy Spirit to fill you? Because whatever it might be, I want to encourage you guys to do it. Whatever it might have been for you in the past that filled you up, refresh your soul, I want you to do it again. Whether it's you're just shutting your door and it's just you and God in your bedroom and maybe the Word. Maybe it's you crying out in your car. Maybe it's worshiping through the storm. Maybe you had so many late nights, you're getting home from work late, time after time. I've done this before where I've just had to go outside and I've just asked the Holy Spirit to just fill me afresh, where I just gaze upon His goodness. Maybe I just look up at the stars and I just go, God, you're so good. Thank you for the joy of my salvation. Will you fill me afresh? But I wanna say, whether or not you guys feel the tangible presence of God or not in that moment, I gotta tell you, there is something supernatural that takes place in your heart and your perspective when you position yourself in that space that actually builds you up and draws you closer, more intimate with the Spirit and the person of God. And I think one of the things about being filled with the Spirit that we all love is we love that He's our comforter. And it's true. He comforts us. It's all, he's, he's awesome that way. He brings peace, you know, when there's fear and He brings joy when there's chaos. But can I tell you guys that the Holy Spirit does not just fill us up just so that we can experience all the feelings, all the love, all the comfort, all the joy, all the peace. He fills us actually to, to, to help us, to move us to action, to help us to actually do something. He, Spirit fills us to give us power. So if some of you guys are in here and you're only chasing the Holy Spirit for a feeling, 
I've got to tell you, you're very often going to be let down. Now we need to be filled by the Spirit so that we receive courage, boldness, power, and strength to do what we're called to do, right? Paul tells Timothy, he says, we don't receive a spirit of fear or timidity, but of sound mind, power, and strength. So when doubt comes, when fear comes, when anxiety comes, when maybe inadequacy is speaking loud in your ears, when maybe the, the enemy is just telling you lies in your ear time after time, that you're, you're unqualified for this, you can't do this, you will never get over that. Who's your source? Who do you go to in those times? Do you allow the Spirit to fill you and refresh you? Because you know what? Honestly, sometimes the problem I think many of us face is that we just, we don't know what we have access to. We don't know what's inside of us. The Spirit dwells within us. You know, you know there's so many things that we cannot do without the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we can't have God honouring healthy marriages without the Spirit. We can't live sexually pure. Good luck if you're a young adult in here trying to live sexually pure in this day and age. Me and my wife, we dated four and a half years and we made it to our wedding day sexually pure. I'm proud of it. We couldn't have done that without the Holy Spirit. We can't love people who mistreat us without the Spirit. We can't live free from addiction without the Spirit. We can't do what we're called to do and live lives outside of our depth. We can't be the salt and light on the earth without the Holy Spirit filling us every single day. There's another quote that I want to share with you guys. Sorry, I'm all about the quotes and all about the Scriptures today. Scripture's all we got though, right? I love this, uh, this quote by pastor and author Charles Crabtree. Why are you laughing? <laughs> to be filled with the Spirit is to be guided by the Spirit. Under the Spirit's control, natural gifts are lifted to their highest power, sanctified by holy purpose. That's huge, hey? Can I say that again? Under the Spirit's control, natural gifts are lifted to their highest power, sanctified by holy purpose. Hidden abilities are often released. I wonder what natural gifts that you have, that God will be able to lift and sanctify for holy purpose. You know, I, um, I used to have a fear of public speaking, um, probably only like five years ago. And um, I used to hate oral presentations. I used to hate speaking at university. Uh, I even told Pastor Mark in, in our interview, hey, I said, um, look, I really don't think I'm a good public speaker. And uh, I really don't like public speaking. And he said, okay. He's like, uh, when, we, when we spot potential, we'll add pressure. No, I don't Fair enough. But you know what somebody said to me? Someone said, under a surrendered heart and under the leading and the guidance and the filling of the Spirit, what may seem impossible can be made possible. See, some of us think we're invincible in here. Some of us think we can do it in our own strength. I hate to burst bubbles tonight, but you're just not that good. To do what you are called to do, to do what the dreams are that are inside of your heart, the passions that are inside of your heart, it's gonna take a reliance on the Holy Spirit. It's gonna take us surrendering ourselves and humbling ourselves and coming before God and going, God, I need You. I need You, Holy Spirit. I need You to fill me. I need You to empower me. I cannot do it without You. He is our helper. And He is our advocate. Why would we not call upon His name? Why would we reject the Holy Spirit in our lives? You know, some of you, all you've probably been thinking for the past 20 minutes or whatever I've been preaching, you've been thinking, I wonder if I carry the Holy Spirit inside of me. It's a big question. It's one that I'm not in a rightful place to tell you that. It's between you and God. But I do wanna make something really clear, really, really clear, really quickly. Jeez, no recovering from that. That's gone on family news on Tuesday, on Thursday. There is no recovering from that. That's humbling. 
I do want to be really clear about something. Every believer receives a seal from the Holy Spirit when they first believe at salvation, right? We see that in, in, in Ephesians 1. Every believer receives a, a seal of the Holy Spirit when they first believe, okay? And I wanna say that because I want you guys to walk out here confident tonight. That when you first believe, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, you have everything that you need. But some of you are ask, probably asking the question, okay, what, what's the role of the Spirit then when it comes to water baptism and, and Holy Spirit baptism? And what I wanna tell you is that it's another big question. But, but what we see through the New Testament, all right, when it comes to water baptism, we see that water baptism is the universal experience for everyone who believed. For the Christians that believed, they got water baptised, okay? There were no unbaptised Christians after the day of Pentecost. Jesus commands us to be water baptised in Matthew 28, so the church did it, and so that's why we do it today. Like Joey said before, water baptism is a public declaration of our faith. The old me is gone. The new me is here today. I'm running 100% for you, Father. I'm running to the end of my days. And it's beautiful. It's awesome. Now, Holy Spirit baptism we see in Scripture is, is a greater, fuller experience of the Spirit given to us after belief, after salvation. Okay? Jesus tells us that John baptised with water, but in a few days you will receive baptism of the Holy Spirit and you'll be given power power will come upon you. All four Gospels record that there is a significant difference between water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism. Okay, so we're encouraged following water baptism to actually be baptised with the power of the Holy Spirit to receive a new fullness, freedom and power. To be Holy Spirit baptised means to receive power. It's awesome. It's the Word of God. Maybe not coming alive in your spirits when you're, when you're reading it. Do you need the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you? Do you desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you desire tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge? The Bible says we should. Do you desire the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Peace, patience, kindness, love, joy, all these things. We're gonna make space after the service for some of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit so we can receive some of these things so we can come active in our lives. We'll receive power after this. It's gonna be awesome. I'm excited. You know, I love what Jesus says in John 7. He says, all of those who believe, come to me and I'll give you rivers of living water. Let's read it out really quickly, actually. John 7 here. It's the climax of the festival. Jesus stood up and He shouted to the crowds. And guys, this is like the last night of conference. Like everybody's in the room. He says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the Scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from His heart. When He said living water, He was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in Him. Rivers of living water, guys, the Spirit of God can flow and will flow through those who believe. You know, my question to some of us here tonight is, do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in God the Son? And do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? It can't just be Father, Son, and who? It's gonna be Father, Son, and Spirit. And you know, just as the Holy Spirit dwelled amongst the earth, the very beginning of time, the Holy Spirit is still moving. He's still alive. He's still active in us today. And what I love about it, He's not just residing in the hearts of believers. He's hovering across the earth, pointing people who are far and distant to God. He's drawing them in close, drawing them in closer, making them, empowering them, and He's transforming them with the Spirit. He's drawing people closer to God. I love how the Spirit does that. Maybe for some of you in here tonight, you're feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit in your own heart. 
Maybe tonight's the night that some of you do. You trust, you believe and you receive in Jesus and you receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's just a baby step for some of us. We wanna encourage that tonight. What I love about the nature of God and, and being in relationship with Him is that we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to be living this like this perfect life. Romans 10 tells us that those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord will be saved. See, salvation and following Jesus just takes place by making one simple decision. That's to accept the free gift of forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers. And that by believing in Him, you can receive salvation. You can receive the seal of the Holy Spirit. That by believing Him, you can, you can share in the, in the glorious inheritance that awaits you in eternity one day, but also the promises and the purposes on earth that God has said we can have today. So I wanna make space in this moment for some of you guys to receive and believe in Jesus tonight and follow Him. I want you to make a bold decision to follow Him tonight. So what I want you guys to do with eyes closed all across this place. I'm gonna count to three and I want you to put up your hand if that is you tonight. You wanna stand strong, courageous in your faith and follow Jesus. Because Jesus loves you so very much. Man, God loves you so much. He sent His one and only Son to die on the cross to save you, to free from your sins so that you can have life and life abundant. The Bible says right now is the time for salvation. You don't need to wait some other day to have everything going perfect in your life. You can make that decision today. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. You don't have to have it all figured out today. We can get better in our faith time by time just by saying yes to following Jesus today and allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work on our hearts. So if that's you tonight, I want you to put up your hand. One, two, three. Who's that in here tonight? wants to make that decision tonight. Awesome. 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 Let me pray for us tonight. Father, I thank You so much for those hearts that have surrendered to You tonight. God, I thank You that the old them is gone and the new them can start today, Father. I pray that You'll purify their hearts, wipe them clean as stones. No, Father God, today is a new day. God, we celebrate with them, Father, and we thank You for what You're doing in your lives. God, would you, pour, would you pour out Your peace, Your purpose, Your identity on their lives? God, and will You pour out Your Spirit, the seal of Your Spirit on their lives tonight? Father, we thank You. We, we rejoice. Thank You that You've spoken tonight, Holy Spirit, that You've revealed Yourself tonight. 